This podcast discusses difficult topics that may not be appropriate for all listeners. We are not doctors or therapists. None of our content should be construed as medical advice, nor as a substitute for professional help. Names and other specific identifying details are often changed for the privacy and protection of our guests. Our guests' experiences are shared as they experienced them. Opinions may not reflect the opinions of Beck and Ella or this podcast. There will also be adult language used. Lots of it. Listener discretion strongly advised. Well, hello and welcome back to our show. I'm Beck. And I'm Ella. Hi, Ella. Today, I believe this is going to air as our 21st episode, which is huge. Um, I cannot believe that it has been 21 episodes now, and I am very proud of us, Ella. <laughs> I'm so proud of us. <laughs> it's a big accomplishment. Um, I still have the crud going on, so I apologize if my voice is a little off today, but we are dealing with that as it comes. Again, our listenership continues to grow and grow. We have hit record weeks every single week, and it's all from word of mouth. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you for telling your friends about our podcast. Somebody told me the other day that she was bullied into listening to our podcast, and she is really grateful because she loved it. So if you want to bully people into it, that's fine too. Just kidding. But but in a nice way. <laughs> in a nice way. <laughs> so yeah, please keep that up. We really appreciate it, and we really um, love what we're doing to create this space for survivors to tell their stories. So I am very excited today. We have Nancy with us. Nancy is an actual fan of our show, which is like so crazy to me. Like it blows my mind that there are people that didn't know me before that are like, we love you guys. We listen to your show. And Nancy has been a supporter from way back. So we are so thankful to her and we are so thankful to know her now and to have her on to tell her story. So Nancy, how are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. How's it feel to be on the other side now? Um, It's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. But I, but I have you guys. So I'm calm down. So I'm great. Yeah, we'll guide you front. Absolutely, we are. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Well, let's get started. So, let's start off by telling us a little bit about you. Okay. So, obviously, my name is Nancy. I was born and raised in Orange County, California. Nice. I have two incredible kids, um, Johnny and Adrian. They're in their 30s. I am married to the love of my life. And now I live in Texas, which has been a trip. I've been here since 2001. Nice. Life is good. Life is good. That's great. Yeah. Who are you going to be talking to us about today? My mom. (laughs) Which is, it's a very interesting story. I I am going to be very honest. I'm surprised that I'm not like a raging alcoholic heroin user, honestly. (laughs) My mom. And I, and I, you know, I just, I say that because I could have gone down a completely different path. Yeah. Uh, But there was something inside me where I just knew that that was not going to be the answer to anything. And I focused on, and it was weird. I, I had faith even at the age of four. I just, I knew there was something beyond her. Yeah. So I really focused on that. Good. I have siblings. I'm not really close with them. I hate to say that. I, But I think because of my mom, there was just, she kind of pit us against each other. Yeah. You know, that haven't right through yet. That's very common. Is it? With narcissist parents, absolutely. Mm-hmm. My mom was, my mom was a beautiful woman. He was, um, he just never knew who he was going to get. And as a child, it's, it's the, 
lack of stability, it's it's frightening because you don't know if you're going to get the mom that's going to cuddle with you and watch a movie with you or the mom that was going to beat you. Yeah. You just, you never quite knew what was coming. I'm tired. The unpredictability. Oh, horrible. Terrible. Uh, the one thing that really sticks out for me is my mom taught me and my siblings to lie at a very, very early age. Mm. She did not want my grandparents, her friends, uh, my aunt and uncle. She didn't want them to know anything about our life. And I knew lying was wrong. I just knew that. And so I just kept very quiet. I never said anything. Yeah. Which is also very confusing for a child. You're not allowed to say, oh, our house is really disgusting. Please help us come clean it. You know, right. It was terrible. It creates shame, too, when you have a just like a cone of lies, like you feel ashamed that and the, that shame doesn't belong to you at all. But it feels that way when you're forced to not tell the truth from very little. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, what are we what are we doing wrong? Right. What's going on? You know, and it, there was a lot of shame. Um, I'm the baby of the family. I'm the only green eyed, blonde haired one out of the bunch. And I became kind of the golden child. And then, unfortunately, I don't know why my mom did this, but she made it very, very clear at times that I was her favorite. But you would never know that by the way she treated me. And so with my brother and sister, you know, that was thrown to my face all the time. Oh, you're the golden, you know, golden child. Oh, you're the... And I'm like, did you not just see her beat me? Like, I literally am not the favorite. (laughs) Right. Right. It's just, it's a lot of stuff. Just instability, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What was the day-to-day like when you were young? Again, um, we didn't always have food. Um, She was in juvenile probation. Um, She was a probation officer. Mm, Can you imagine? Which just blows my mind. Um, But there wasn't always food, and sometimes the lights were out. There was no water. I mean, that was at a time where they couldn't turn your, you know, they could turn your water off. We just never knew what we were going to get. And I was extremely close to my brother. Um, He's the oldest. My sister was incredibly quiet. So my brother and I, we were always trying to figure it out. Like, what are we going to do next? How do we how do we manage all this? And he normally would take off and smoke pot, which is hilarious. And I don't blame him at all for doing that. Right. But my mom would go missing for like an entire day and a half when she wasn't always working. And so our neighbors thought we were total white trash. Oh, it was just... (laughs) Our day-to-day, again, you just, you didn't know what was coming. You just didn't know at all. How did that start to change as you started to get a little bit older? Growing up, my mom was single. She had been married three times. Um, She was married to my sibling's dad, and then she married my dad, and then she got married for a third time, and that didn't work out. And then when I was 19, she got married again. When I was nine, my father ended up committing suicide in front of me and my mom and my sister. Oh, my goodness. So sorry. They were not married. Um, They were pretty much having an affair behind my stepdad's back. So that happened. And then I think once my dad committed suicide, then my mom really latched on to me because I was his only child. Gotcha. And so it just made it kind of uh, extra. I I don't really know what to even call it. Like, I was very close to my grandparents and my aunt and uncle. On your mom's side? 
on my mom's side, I didn't know anybody from my father's side. My father had a very horrible, horrible upbringing, but I was very close to my mom's side. And so uh, my dad was living in a hotel when this happened and we went to go see him. My aunt and uncle showed up. They had no idea that I even had a relationship with my dad. That's how we had to lie. So when they showed up, they were like, wait a minute, what? Like they had no idea. Can you imagine how my aunt and uncle felt? I mean, that's just, I can't even imagine. But no, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's very overwhelming. And we just talked to you. My aunt and I just talked yesterday and she's like, had I known I would have handled that situation, you know, completely different. Right. But that was a level of lies that we had to just commit to, just not tell anybody anything. That had to be very anxiety inducing as a child to always totally. be worried about saying the wrong thing or oh, slipping up to the wrong person. 1000%. And that's one of the things I wrote down. So when my mom um, got married, she never told my dad. I never told my dad because I was told absolutely, you know, do not tell your father. Can you imagine the confusion yeah. in a child's mind where you've got this person living in your house and your dad's over here and you're not allowed to be honest? Mm-hmm. I remember uh, my mom and I and my dad and my siblings, we all went bowling. I accidentally called him my stepdad's name. Mm. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, when I when I get in the car, I'm going to die. Like, she's going to beat the crap out of me. Like, this is not going to this is not going to end well. And so we were walking back to my mom's car. And I remember I'll never forget it. It was like it was yesterday. My dad grabbed a hold of my hand and he got down on his knees and he just kind of grabbed me by the shoulders. And he used to call me boo boos. And he was like, boo-boos, you know, you know that I'm your only dad, right? And I'm like, yes, of course. No, yes. And he goes, okay, I just want you to know I'm your only dad. But he, I, I know that he knew. Right. He just knew. And I made the mistake of calling him by that dude's name, you know? And my mom, I, I don't know how anybody could do that to their children. My children are my life. Same. And I have five grandkids and it's like, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, like, tell me all the things, you know, just get it out. Mm -hmm. But to be raised in a way where you are not allowed to be yourself or to communicate, it's it's pretty awful. Yeah. It it causes a lot of damage for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. As you started to get older, so from nine, as you moved up into that preteen stage, Mm. what was that like? Um, it probably got worse because then I got mouthy. Girls, right? I started to challenge her. It didn't always work, but I tried. I think it was Ella that was talking about the U-Haul. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my other favorite episode. <laughs> Rolling. I was literally laughing. <laughs> so my mom ended up divorced and she ended up in a lesbian relationship. And I'm not embarrassed. Like all my friends and family, they all know that we had to keep that quiet too. And which was horrible because yeah. he was literally my favorite person on the planet. Um, if it wasn't for her, I don't know if I would be here. Like she was amazing. And that's when things really started to change for me because Linda came in and she could see the dysfunction and she was raised in a dysfunctional family. She wasn't always accepted for who she was, which is awful. 
that she kind of gave me she gave me my voice back. She was like, "You can't let her talk to you like that." And I'm like, "Well, she'll beat me if I fight her on it." Mm-hmm. And so she just kind of talked to me about my voice and I matter and I'm beautiful and I'm smart and all of them. That's amazing. Oh, she was, I am telling you, she was, I miss her terribly. We remained close until she passed away. And at that age, too, like that, that's the, that's the age right there where like, that was where the difference was going to, that was the make or break time of your life. Like that, absolutely. You could have gone down the drug path or you could have done like having somebody intervene at that age was like god knew exactly i mean i'm a very have I, I believe in god and i know that that was an absolute god thing he brought me what i need time yeah she was just very very protective over me and so i think this was the first time where i really got scared in my life i was always scared and nervous and anxious and all the things yeah well yeah i can't imagine why <laughs> you not be Exactly. <laughs> but my mom had asked Linda, and I don't I don't know the details. I don't my mom just said, Hey Linda, go get money. Uh, okay, where are we going? Is there a money tree over here? Like where are we going to get the money? You know? And we were in North County at the time and we drove to Riverside and I think Linda got money from a friend or something and we were driving by Canyon Lake and Linda's like, Hey, do you wanna go jump in the lake really quick? And I'm like, Yeah, let's go. And so we jump in. We had the time of our life it was just very freeing and I was 13 it was so freeing and we got home and Linda went into the bedroom to change and I went into the kitchen to get a snack or something and my mom was at the kitchen sink and I walked in and just honked it over and I'm like oh my gosh we had the best time ever and I was so excited and my mom literally walked up and punched me in the face what? and my nose started to bleed I landed on the ground and she said that wasn't supposed to be fun. That was not supposed to be fun. And that right there is just in case you do anything bad. What? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Right. Not 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 at all. No. And so Linda came running in and picked me off the floor and took me to my bedroom. She got me some ice, you know, for my face. And for the next hour, I mean, I heard them screaming at the top of their lungs. But Linda was trying to protect me. And I was just trying to be like, so I shouldn't have been that excited because I had so much fun. She was jealous. Yeah, absolutely. It 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 really made her mad. And my mom, it was for my mom, it was always, and you know how narcissists are, it it was always about her. It was always a competition. I mean, how do you compete with your child? I've never competed with my daughter. Right. Yeah. So it was always a competition. They screamed for like an hour. Linda came and checked on me. And then the U-Haul shows up. <laughs> and I want y'all to know there's always a U-Haul. I want y'all to know that. Came around about <laughs> quarterly. <laughs> and I'm like, please take me with you. And I'm please don't. <laughs> How long was Linda with your mom? My mom was in her 40s. Linda was 19. Wow. Oh my gosh. Mm. And they were together for... They were together probably, I want to say, four years. Wow. I wonder if she stuck around longer because she felt bad for the kids. I think I think she did. And I I think so. She was the same age as my brother at the time. Wow. And what's even crazier, I mentioned that my mom was a probation officer mm-hmm. and worked at Juvenile Hall. She met Linda at 
the juvenile hall when Linda was there etiquette. Oh my goodness. So much wrong with that. There's, yeah, that is, that is, that is, but I'm not cool. My mom got fired. Just so y'all know, my mom got fired. <laughs> so Good. Yeah. I mean, as she should have. Yes. It's just, it's so, like, I can't make this stuff up. Mm-mm. Right. I, 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 I can't make this stuff up. So, but thank God for Linda. Thank God. Yeah. Because huge. She saved, she really did save my life. She really did. More than once. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, what was life like post Linda? You know, I I married my high school sweetheart. I I just and he was wonderful. We're still friends to this day. He was kind of in the thick of it as I was kind of leaving my mom's house and really understanding everything that I'd gone through, just trying to process. He was in the middle of all of it, and he was wonderful to me. Just let me be me. Made me laugh. Like exactly what you needed absolutely what I needed at the time. You know, we were together 11 years and, you know, it it took me many years to kind of just process what had happened. And, you know, my mom passed away in 2018, but, but even up until the day, you know, a few days before she passed away, oh my God, the gaslighting, I would be like, mom, you literally just said that to me. No, I didn't. You literally said that. No, I didn't. I'm like, okay, well, okay, whatever. Yeah, there's no arguing with a narcissist. You can't. Like, how do you even do that? It's impossible. Yeah. Right. You know, and I think I'm still kind of processing. You know, I've got my kids and I've got my five grandbabies. They are all absolutely precious and I adore them. You know, sometimes I'll look in their eyes and I'm like, wow, I was her age when my dad died. Or, oh, I was her age when my mom punched me in the face. So it's, it you know, you can't live that kind of a life and and not have it kind of creep up from time to time. Yeah, for sure. And I've done therapy. Everybody needs therapy. I could probably go back and do some more. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. But, you know, there are moments, there are moments where I'm like, okay, that, okay, that feels, wow. Okay, that actually happened to me. You know, yeah, and I think because my mom was so emotionally and physically abusive, I'm a complete empath. Like I am so empathetic. Like I will talk to a complete stranger on the side of the road. Like if you, if I'm your friend and you need me, I'm dropping everything and I will be right there, no questions asked. And I think because of her abuse, I'm like on the opposite end. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to say I'm a codependent, but like. I'm probably a little bit, but like, I'm just really nice. <laughs> and sometimes I don't say no because I'm like, you know, I just, I'm on that other side of it. I just don't ever, ever, ever want to be like her. I just don't. Right. I get that. Yeah. It's something. I read a really interesting thing about empaths and I don't remember every bit of it, but it was talking about how empaths are almost always trauma survivors Mm -hmm. because they learned from a very young age how to take the temperature of a room and to anticipate other people's feelings because it was could be dangerous like to make themselves safe they had to notice other people's moods or other people's feelings or constantly having to identify a threat and as you get older that turns into being an empath because you're so used to looking out for other people's moods or feelings that it becomes 
a part of who you are, which becomes a beautiful part of who you are. It's beautiful to be able to be that way with other people. Um, But it was really interesting to me that it comes from that often. That makes really, that makes a ton of sense. That really does. You know, I'm a very emotional person, so. Yeah. Well, everybody is a really emotional person, whether they choose to (laughs) act like it or not. (laughs) All we are is emotion. Depends on the emotion. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We're all emotion. Yes. How did your relationship with your mom change when you became an adult? I called her out on her bullshit. Good for you. Nice. Totally called her out. Um, I became a total fighter. My siblings, I would tell them what I said to her and they were be they would be like, well, You said what? Oh <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm not thirteen anymore and I'm not putting up with this crap. Right. That's another really confusing thing is I loved my mom. Of course. Every Every child loves their parent. Yeah, I mean, I loved her. I loved the way she smelled. I loved her hugs. Outside of her children, she was so kind to everyone. People loved her. And I would just kind of roll my eyes like, yeah, you don't know her. <laughs> give it a give it a minute. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I loved her so much. And as I as I got older, I just called her out on her bullshit and was like, you know what? That was wrong. And you're not going to talk to me like that. You're not going to talk to my children. That was part of the reason I moved to Texas, because I didn't want my kids around her. Yeah. I mean, I wanted them to have a relationship, but I was like, ooh, I... From a distance. Yes. Yeah. She moved to Texas. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, wow. (laughs) Which is fine. It all worked out in the end, because I, I finally was able to just call her out and just be like, you know, I love you, but we're not... We're not playing this game anymore. Good for you. I will help you wherever you need me to help you. She was just, so when she got to Texas, or actually it was right before she got to Texas, I was in healthcare staffing. I loved, loved my job so much. And I ended up getting like a, this is just going to kind of tell you who she was as a person. So with me. So I ended up getting a huge promotion. I was so proud of myself. I'm like, okay, I'm making it in the world. I'm doing it. I got this, you know. Yeah. And I always wanted my mom's approval. I I never got it, but always wanted it. Mm-hmm. And so I called my mom and I was like, mom, you're not going to believe what happened. I just got this huge promotion at work. And and I told her like my raise and stocks and all this stuff. And her exact words were, why? Like, why you? Oh my gosh. Well, then I was just pissed. Well, yeah. Good. And so I just remember being floored that she said that. And I'm like, why not me? Yeah. Tell me that. Why not me? Uh, because I deserve it. Right. Because I'm really hard to get here. That's the if that just kind of sums up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they can't they can't handle someone else having even a sliver of the spotlight. No, they just can't, no. can't handle it. No. And that right. part really pitted me and my siblings against each other because she didn't want us to be super close and not be as close with her. Right. So it was always this. She never liked any of my friends because she didn't want anybody to influence me um, in my decisions or relationships or, I mean, it was... Narcissists need anchor people. And if the anchor people start talking to each other, it all falls apart. You know, all of the 
deceit and all of the lies. So they have to keep people separate. Yeah. And she was a master at that. She actually, I've been married a couple of times, but my... Same girl, same. <laughs> so, told him, my husband and I, we were, I asked him, I'm like, did you tell you that or was that my ex? And she's like, he's like, I think that was your ex. Um, another example is, so when I moved to Texas and I was, I worked so hard just to provide for my kids and just to kind of get solid fitting until I could buy, you know, my own house, which I did, which was a big thing for me. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And my mom came to visit and she told my ex-husband, she's like, oh yeah, I helped pay for this. <laughs> and he told me. The audacity. <laughs> the audacity. Exactly. I'm like. No, she did not. <laughs> not one dollar did she spend. Wow. I can laugh about it now, but at the time, just like, what? Yeah. Like, I just don't even relate. I, I would never do that to my children. Uh, my daughter is literally like one of my favorite people on the planet. She's one of my best friends. I, I cannot even imagine gaslighting her or. Right. It's just foreign to me how do you that right i i don't understand it at all now it's weird my daughter is very very sensitive she always has been and so i really watch my tone with her i always have but if i even get like a little bit of a tone like her eyes will well up and she'll yeah stomp away and i'm like no come back i didn't mean it like that like i'm so careful with her heart like that you know because yeah I'm supposed to be the safe place, not the person that upsets you. Yeah. Yeah. It's sweet. I've witnessed it. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter how old they get. My son is 30. My daughter's 32. And it doesn't matter how old they get. You always want to be the safe place for your kids. I mean, they're always going to be your kids. Right. And um, I have a great relationship with both of them. They both are very, very, very sensitive and we're a lot alike. They're empaths and, and they know my whole story and they're shocked by it, but they understand. But I really think, you know, I always have to try to pull out a positive out of every negative. And I think growing up the way that I did, I think it made me a really good mom. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. And I think made me a really I'm a really good friend my friends really love me have my back it's awesome yeah you know I don't know where I'd be today had I not been raised that way I don't know maybe I would have been a Irish brat I don't know right yeah it goes one or two ways right I mean you either go I mean it's like a fork you either go down a really bad path or you turn into an amazing person you know exactly what you don't do right exactly. and how you don't treat people exactly i agree with that 100 percent. yeah so it's been it's been an interesting 56 years <laughs> for sure you said that you had a really good relationship with your mom's side of the family yes so what are they like they're wonderful absolutely wonderful my grandparents before my mom passed away i asked her i'm like what what happened like what happened to you right that was my question what i was wondering yeah, I and I flat out because uh, I was like, there's something happened. Like, you were not born this way. Mm-hmm. And so before she passed, I was her caregiver for about nine months. And I'm like, what happened? Like, where? And she said, I don't know. I just don't know. And I'm like, okay. My grandfather was a principal, my grandmother was a teacher. Thank God for my grandmother. 
Um, she's the one that taught me about faith and prayer. She was a wonderful, like I could not have asked for a better grandma. She was amazing. Um, my aunt is literally one of my favorite people on the planet. She is cool. She is the coolest person. That's awesome. And she is my mom's younger sister. They're like, I think, I think they're like 14 years apart. And oh, wow. Yeah. So there's like a big, so my aunt was like from the 70s and all that stuff. Mm hmm. Uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> she is just the coolest chick ever. And I can call her at any given moment. And I've called crying like, why did mom do that? And she's like, honey, I don't know. We're never going to understand, you know. So my mom had a really loving, kind family. Um, I was told that at a very early age, my mom started to lie like she would just come up with these like elaborate stories. Hmm. And I guess my grandmother, <clears throat> my grandmother was told that by a couple of my mom's teachers. And so my grandmother was aware. But what do you do with that? Right. Oh, it's the imagination. Right. You don't really are going to grow up and abuse their and all the things. I mean, that she had a really normal life. It's rare, but some people are just born that way or they're that way from very young. So bizarre to me. It's very rare, though, but it does happen. That's so weird to me. Yeah. Like, you think that something would have to happen, right? Right. It makes me wonder if she's, like, I always wonder if there's a head injury. You know, like, did you all no. hit your head right. as a child and now you have, like, what? I'm serious. Like, if you get a lesion, I, I watch a lot of serial killer stuff. That's what I'm like, saying. Is there, like, a, a lesion on your brain, like, where the empathy thing is, and all of a sudden, like, you don't have it, and you, like, what? you know what I mean? Like, there's got to be some explanation, because it's not just, yeah. but I always wonder about that. I do, too, and I, because I do all the true crime, I'm, you know, were you, like, in a head-on collision? And <laughs> Yeah. I get it. Well, I have to tell you this story. I wrote this down and I did not want to forget to tell you guys. Please do not judge me at all. I know you won't. No judgment. Like I said, I was my mom, I was my mom's caretaker for about nine months. And I was devastated when my mom got sick. It was horrific. But, you know, my mom was not nice before. But imagine having cancer and not feeling well. And with that, like, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden she is mean like mean mean and i'm like oh dear god you know so my mom and my mom asked me if i would make her a grilled cheese and tomato soup in my brain i'm like you're so white like oh my god okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be <laughs> so i'm in the kitchen and i'm and i'm making everything for and apparently i'm not doing it fast enough so and she's just just on and and i'm like i'm gonna throw it at her and i can't nancy you cannot do that that's not the right thing to do so she was on oxygen and she had this super super long cord that would just go like all over in the house so i come around the kitchen island and i pick up the cord and I grab it and I start to pinch it. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to go one of two ways. Right. You're either going to die right now <laughs> or you're going to be really nice to me. Right. Right. You right. I'm in I'm the control. <laughs> you are in no position to be rude to me, ma'am. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Her eyes just, they were huge like saucers. And I was serious. I'm like, you know what? If I have to go to prison, I will, I'll end it now. Mm -hmm. And her eyes got super huge and she busted out laughing. 
And and I was like, okay, good. Now we're laughing. And I'm like, Mom, just please try to cry because I I can kill you. Nobody would even really know because you can't. (laughs) I have listened to enough true crime podcasts that I am certain I could get away with it. You and I absolutely (laughs) can get away. (laughs) Like, again, I try to make things, you know, funny, but I just had enough. And I'm glad she laughed. She was just because I think she caught herself like, oh, my God, like, I really... And in her hands, I'm like, yeah, lady, you better be careful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was there any any time she ever acknowledged not being the world's best mother? He did. Yeah. I forced her. I forced her into it. Good. Yeah. I wanted her to validate my feelings. Yeah. Because I knew that we were crazy. Right. I, I knew so many things that happened in our childhood and and I knew I wasn't insane. And I just needed, even other than my siblings, I needed her to say, yes, I remember doing that. Yes, I said that. Or yes, our lights were out for three days or whatever it was. I just needed validation. He did eventually apologize. I think she felt really bad. And I think that she, I do believe she felt bad. I, I do believe that. I mean... I don't think she completely understood the impact right. that it had on the press, mm-hmm. but I do, I do believe that she felt that it's good, especially when she got older. It's good that you got that right, and she's on her deathbed essentially. So good that you got that. Like just validation will save years of therapy. Yeah, because having to learn to accept an apology that you never get is a far longer road mm-hmm. than just getting. The acknowledgement that you need. Yeah. I just became very mouthy and I I wasn't willing to take like take no for an answer. It was like, no, we're talking about this. Good for you. We're we're gonna acknowledge that that happened, you know? Yeah. I thank God for that, that she did apologize and she did validate. And I don't I, I know that her and my sister, they talked a lot. My brother didn't talk to her for like five years. My sister didn't talk to her, I think, for like two years. I never not talked to my mom. I would take little breaks. I, I just, I, I don't know why. Maybe that's a codependent in me. I didn't want to abandon her. I felt sorry for my mom, I guess. Sure. Yeah. And they both were like, peace out. <laughs> not doing this anymore. Understandable also. Absolutely. Yep. I just couldn't do it. I wanted to. I just, I just couldn't do it. But um, I know they got apologies as well. Good. Good. Yeah. Was she married when she died? No. No, she had been, my my stepfather had passed away in 91 and she remained single. So you were really all she had in the end. And the grandkids. Yeah. And the grandkids. Yeah. What did your kids think of her? Adored her. My son, I won't say what my son says because it's just very foul language. <laughs> you can say <laughs> anything on this podcast. So I talked to him this morning and she was like, he was like, she was crazy as fuck. <laughs> and my daughter, you know, felt the same way, but they adored her. And she just softened. She just softened as she aged, mm-hmm. which I'm so grateful for, you know? Yeah. She adored my kids. She adored all of her grandkids, um, even her my grandkids. She adored them. Yeah. As she got older, she just kind of softened. She loved my husband. She thought he was amazing. I think that's a grandma thing because mm-hmm. my mother, when she talks about my Nana, 
says that she was like a raging bitch. Yeah. You know, she had such a terrible childhood and that's why she ended up the way she did. And but she survived it to give you a terrible childhood. I did finally get that apology and it, it came with the it was your grandmother's fault, though. But I still got the apology. But like my Nana loved me, made it known that I was her favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Would do anything for me. But to hear my mother talk about her, she was like this complete and maybe she was it's just not the same person i knew it's a grandma thing man yeah so i think it's just a grandma thing you know it's that once removed she's not raising you she's not responsible for you so she can like give you the love i there's something to that and i think my mom you know my mom was in her 20s and then her 30s and her 40s and her 50s and she was just trying to survive right and i i'm not going to give her any excuses because she doesn't deserve any but I think she was just trying to survive in her own way and as she got older it she could calm down you know she finally had money in the bank she knew that her three kids were going to be okay and of course she took all the credit for that um but <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean what do you do what do you do right <laughs> I'm not gonna argue whatever yeah mom you did it all <laughs> we did great despite you <laughs> because of you but you know what we won't split hairs I think she was finally able to just relax you know and she had some girlfriends that I think were very very older, which I'm grateful for that makes a big difference if some if you've got other people to call you on your shit oh it will change your behavior in a way that having an echo chamber never will right I totally with that and so she had some really great friends and I enjoyed her more once she hit like 65 <laughs> and it's like okay I can take you to lunch I can take you to the movies I kind of like you you're kind of cool it's really good that you got to have that experience even though it was you had to wait her lifetime for it but like even to have some memories like that mm, yeah that some people never get that you know they're just terrible to the end or they have to cut them off and like they always are going to miss that thing like always having wanted to have something that they never got so it's a, a really lucky that you were able to or she was able to chill the fuck out in her yeah. older years and give you some good memories and i have so many great memories with her um i don't really i avoid thinking about my childhood you know my kids will occasionally ask me a question i will always be open and honest with my kids and tell them anything they want to know but like i said you know after the age of 65 i mean we my mom loved musicals like every musical you can think of how are you an asshole who loves musical? Right? Like, how does that mean? And I'm right. What? What? <laughs> I've never in my life met an asshole who loves musicals. Never <laughs> like, what in the heck is happening? You're a jerk, but you like the sound music. Okay. We're going to That's so incongruent. It's just weird. It's so weird. But. But she and I, we learned to laugh, cry together, like something. I don't even, I don't even have an example, but we would just laugh so hard that we would both be crying. And that was really healing for me. I got to see a side of my mom. Yeah. 
that was she was real. She was a real person with emotions. And I never saw that as a child. Yeah. Because anytime my mom, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this or not. If my mom ever did anything for any one of her children, it came at a cost. Absolutely. It was never free. Right. So, you know, when I moved to Texas and she'd call me and say, hey, do you want to go to California with me to go back and see, you know, my aunt and uncle and my my one of my very best friends that still lives there. And I'm like, sure. And she's like, well, I'm going to get going and get you a ticket. I'm like, OK, thank you so much, mom. That's really nice of you. Blah, blah, blah. Big mistake, because if you allow her to do that, then she oh, she owns you. Right. While you are in California. So I couldn't leave my aunt's house. I couldn't go see my best friend. Right. You to her. Isn't that sad? Yeah. I, I I never do that to my kids. Right. Oh, my gosh. My mom grew up with parents who were not together. And every holiday or event that came along, there was constant fighting over where they were going to be. Oh. And she would be like guilted. Like if she went to one family's Thanksgiving, she was guilted by the other family for not going to theirs. So it would end up with her spending her holidays running around like a chicken with her head cut off, like trying to get to every place to like make everyone happy. And she has said like from our whole life, she would never guilt us into anything. She's like, you live your life how you want to do it. You do what you want to do. Right. You go where you want to go. Like, we will make plans accordingly. Right. But it's funny how you pick those things up from when you're young and then don't repeat the pattern. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Yeah. It's just, it's wild. It's just wild to me. I'm glad I survived it. I'm here. I'm happy. I'm you. And you know what? I'm, I'm really glad to hear the ending that you have because that is not, the ending of that relationship with her because that is not normal. Yeah. A lot of people don't get that. And sometimes it's because they completely go no contact, part of if that's what you need to do for your mental health. Right. Do it 100%. But then because you continued to give her a chance with some boundaries in place, but continued to, you got to have that experience at the end. You know, so it's like, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to know, like, do I cut this person off forever because it's really affecting my mental health or do I just really try to put more boundaries in place right and possibly have it turn out better because as people get older they're just old people True. you know like she was right a, a sadder old lady at the end you know it's like it's not that person anymore but it is it's it's hard to know like what the right thing to do is and again I, I totally support cutting people off if they are not adding to your life but it's great to see the other side of it if you do set some boundaries and you do you're able to stand up for yourself and find a way to remain in her life so you have that like at the end that's a really cool story i think we hear that often i felt like hell to get there yeah i i wanted a normal i just wanted a normal relationship with her and i didn't know what that was going to look like i mean i saw my friends moms and their mm-hmm. um, but i really did i felt like hell to have somewhat of a kind respectful relationship with her obviously and also having the boundaries right you know it's like, you're not going to talk to me like that and i'm really proud of myself that yeah I, hell yeah no it was like huge that's amazing that i was just like yeah we're not doing this anymore so yeah <laughs> right you're gonna be real with me or you're not so that's really awesome and i would think that like for your own healing that had to have made a world of difference versus if you only had the negative to remember forever 
And I agree. And I, like I said in the beginning, I, so I have two, I mean, I have a lot of friends, but my two very best friends are Suzanne and Alicia. Hey girls. No, please. Be <laughs> I talk to <laughs> about the podcast and everything. And they're like, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> but they knew my mom. They knew my mom when they were young. I mean, I've, I've known Suzanne since I was like 21. Alicia when I was like 28 so they've very much been there with me and I'm telling you I don't know what I would have done with not without my best friends I mean having that support system just the oh my gosh they love me so much and I can call them at three o'clock in the morning and they're gonna answer you know and but they they knew my mom Mm -hmm. and They've always said, hey, it's not it's not you. It's it's literally not you. Right. It's her. So that helped me so much in my younger years. Um, even when my mom passed away, they were still there for me. And I just don't know where I'd be without them. Yeah. Honestly. My two big takeaways from your story are the first is like what a good group of girlfriends can do for you. They changed your mom. They supported you through all of your stuff like it really changes people to have a solid group of friends that truly care about them and also will call you on your bullshit because a good a good friend a good friend will call you on your shit they're not yes people it will sometimes piss you off but they do it with luck and that's how we grow and get better and then the second thing is like a huge takeaway of how you are able to end with some positive memories by putting in those boundaries. I think that is such an amazing legacy for your story. I appreciate Yeah, we just don't hear like you are a badass lady. And I think it is so awesome that you were able to take that giant pile of shit <laughs> and turn it into something really positive at the end that helps that helps with your healing. You. And to continue to build great relationships and be a great mom and a great grandmother, not having had the example is also amazing. So I think you are amazing. Truly. That's my takeaway. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. This has been really fun. No. I was so scared. You were right. You guys made this easy. Good. And, you know, other listeners, be like Nancy. Tell us your story. If you want to come on the show, shoot us a message on social media or on our email. If you don't want to come on and tell your story, send it to us. We will read it. We will do like a listener stories event and we will read some stories. We want to get your stories out there. And I promise you, we will make it fun and easy. Um, so Nancy, once again, thank you so much for loving our show and telling your friends and thank you for sharing your incredible story. We really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you guys for giving the platform for me to tell my story. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm going to keep pushing your podcast out there. So I'll thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. And keep in touch because I feel like we're friends now. <laughs> Definitely friends. <laughs> You'll be hearing from me for sure. Awesome. It's been an amazing night, okay? You too, Nancy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it so much. If you want to support our show further, you can share our podcast with your friends, follow us on our socials at NGCOMPod, 
or sign up for our Patreon to help keep the show going with a donation. Or you can become a patron for exclusive access to bonus content and interact with us and other loyal listeners on our feed. Meanwhile, if you liked what you heard today, please leave us a positive review. If you didn't, no worries. Move on about your day. If you want to share your story on our show, please visit our website at ngcompod.com to fill out the contact us form. Thanks again for listening.